Welcome listeners to Sleep, Eat, Perform and Repeat. This is a podcast on high performance. It will be presented by myself, David Clancy, and my two co-hosts, Connor Gavin and Kieran Dunn. What we're striving to achieve here is figure out what makes high-performing individuals tick, why they do what they do, and why are they successful. Rate and review, share with your friends, but most importantly, enjoy. Morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sleepy Performer Peace. Today, myself and David are having a chat with Keith Earls, rugby player, so I'm going to pass over to David for the introductions. So Keith Earls is an Irish Rugby Union player, plays for Munster, plays in the Pro 14 European Rugby Champions Cup. Obviously, he plays for Ireland, and he's represented the British and Irish Lions on our 2009 tour to South Africa. He's had a very successful, storied career. He's won the Pro 14 twice and was part of the Championship Cup winning team back against Toulouse. He's won the Grand Slam, Triple Crown for Ireland in 2018, and he's now scored 30 tries and 77 caps for Ireland. So quite a successful career, Keith. So um, that's a testament to you. What, what I wanted to start with is, look, you're, you're clearly from a family sporting background. Your father, Ger, played for Young Munster. What, what did that kind of, what influence has that brought to your career from the start? Yeah, it was huge. It was huge, as you said there. My own man, you know, he plays in the AIL back in the, you know, the early, the 90s, um, when it was huge in Ireland. Um, so, yeah, so being, being around him, you know, growing up and how he prepared for games and stuff like that, um, it, was, it was nearly professional back then as well, like, you know, they the, the trained hard for it. So, yeah, I grew up around up around him, he he went on to play for Munster a, a couple of times when there was only into pros and friendlies at the time. There wasn't any social European cups or, or leagues. So um, yeah, I've been around it since I was born, really. And look, I played all sports when I was younger, but I've been, been around rugby so much and, and grown up around the park in Tom Park and uh, put me put me towards the rugby. Okay. There's been a, a, a few articles out recently, Keith, about the idea of during this 10,000 hours where our oh, kids should be specialising from an early age, but you mentioned there you, you played other sports growing up. What do you think? Like, Do you think it's better for kids to specialise in their chosen sport as early as possible or play as much as they can until they kind of have to make a decision? Yeah, and, and that's exactly what I've done. I, I, I played as much as I, I could um, and then made a decision when I was 16, 17, Look, I think playing all sports is key, you know. It's just safe for concentrating on being a rugby player if you're playing, I don't know, Gaelic football with, with high ball and, and fielding the ball or holding, you know, and all eye, hand-eye coordination and, you know, soccer for endurance maybe, like, you know. So I think, I think the more equipped you can be to in sports, uh, I think... No doubt it'll stand you for whatever whatever sport you do end up picking, you know. So uh, yeah, I'd encourage play play all sports. So you have to make a choice. Now, like Munster, obviously, I'm a Limerick man. You know, Munster's renowned for its culture, its ethos, and and success through the years. What advice would you give to a young player who's maybe on the cusp, maybe coming through the academy now? If you could say to him. You know, do these two or three things that are going to really help you have a have a healthy and professional, successful career like myself. What advice would you give that young player? 
Yeah, well, with Munster going up, and even when I was coming, it was it was all about attitude, you know. It was um, all about how I suppose you conduct yourself on and off the field as well, you know. Um, the lads wouldn't be long putting you aside if you're acting to make it off the field, and they'd let you know what you're doing right and wrong on the field as well. So the main thing is, is attitude and, and work rate, and I suppose your work rate towards your, your detail and and your craft, whatever whatever position you are, you know, um, and obviously as well as to, to enjoy it. That's the thing. I think people can get too obsessed with it and and go a bit too far with it and, and not and, and end up not enjoying it. So yeah, a good a good balance of, of you know, massive work rate and and attitude and and I suppose enjoying it as well. So, Keith, you would have been around uh, Young Munster back in the day with your with your dad and stuff like that. So, you would have seen um, the levels of preparation, physical and tactical, all that kind of stuff that would have went on in that era. And you've got obviously you're you're at the top level of the game now. Um, where do you see the game in say maybe ten, fifteen years time, kind of to the next generation from like physical preparation, tactical? Do you see big changes coming, or is it just refining what's already there? It's, it's hard to say because where we are now towards where my father was is a hundred miles away from you know the game now towards the nineties and even looking back at some of the finals Munster played in two thousand six two thousand eight the game has even moved on tactically definitely from from there and and no doubt and you're seeing it now with the physicality of some of the players you know there's the research and all the science is improving and just lads are getting unbelievably bigger and, and quicker so I wouldn't like to attend the game in 10 years time maybe <laughs> some of the freaks that are going to be <laughs> but look let, let's be fair I suppose Keith you're not you're not the biggest player right in comparison to Savia or George North but yet you've come up against them and, and nearly always come out on top look at that play you made against France in the Six Nations how how have you become so impactful throughout your career and matched up and usually overcome players that probably are, are way more than you and even slightly taller than you? What has helped set you apart so that you're still, even to this day, arguably playing the best rugby of your career? Yeah, the key, the key for me was finding who I was and what ways I enjoyed playing. As you know, there was always... Um, question marks around my size when I, I was younger I, I started off being the biggest fan on the team and then after sixth year I, in school I kind of stopped going and I was actually bigger in school than I am now <laughs> but yeah I just found out who what, what way it suited me and then there was all the I suppose the drama of what position I was was I centre was a ring and, and thankfully uh, you know I was kind of one week I wanted to be a winger, one week I wanted to be a centre, and thankfully Joe Smith came in and made, made the call that <laughs> he, he likes me as a winger. So the last couple of years I've, I've concentrated on that, and I just concentrated on the, the detail of being, of being uh, I suppose, a world-class winger, see, like looking at, at other players and, you know, to work hard at my defensive game. And so... Yeah, yeah, and then it's just all about as you can out, you know, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm supposed I'm nearly always the underdog with, when it comes to size against these fellas, but I suppose I, I, 
I try and figure out a way whether that, that's watching their habits and what they like to do, you know, mm-hmm. analyzing them and, and getting one step ahead of them. And yeah, I suppose we, a lot of us enjoy being underdogs as well, and it brings the best out in you. So let's, you know, I have to acknowledge, you're, you're, I read an article recently, you're the only Munster rugby player in the top five, considered just an article, but mostly Leinster, but then you were there, Keith. And, you know, how has your game really evolved, you know, mentally, physically? Have you just gotten more wise? Why is it that you're still excelling and, and playing better? You've, you're lighter than you used to be. Maybe that's um, lessened the potential injury burden that might have helped. But but what really is the difference between you now from maybe when you were 24 or 25? Yeah, it's definitely my, it's definitely my mental preparation, you know, and I think it's my mental strength I think when I was younger I just expected all these things to happen because I came out of school with a bit of a, a reputation and I just thought it was all going to happen for me and I suppose being a, a naive young lad hmm. um, I, I learned a few harsh lessons along the way and you know I was kind of I was wondering you know when I looked at Holly and the likes how much they put into their game and I was always wondering why, like, why they were doing all that, and I suppose I got a bit, bit more mature now as well, and I found myself kind of ending up like Paul, a small bit with hmm. analysing and and trying to find the one percent. But I think that comes with maturity. And unfortunately, I wish I wish I I, I was this mature um, when I was twenty four, twenty five, which which I wasn't. Um, so yeah, I think. And I'm working, working really hard on the mental game as well. It's massive visualization and so looking after my body as well was massive. I kept breaking down years ago, um, and I know I've, I've had one or two injuries this year, you know, but has has not been been serious as as a couple of years ago. And you know, and it's it's literally like a I look at it now as a, a 24 hour job. So, Pete, we spoke to a golfer a couple of weeks ago, George Casilla, and he uh, had a foot injury that he got from um, surfing. And we were talking to him about it, and he just said that he was going to continue surfing and accept the risks because it was just something he enjoyed doing. Um, do you have anything like that? You mentioned there about it being a 24 hours a day, 365 days a year career. Do you do anything when you're away from the pitch, or is it very much like you just said there, uh, you, you weigh up absolutely everything and how it could possibly affect you negatively? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's weird. Um, I know it sounds, it sounds bad, like, but I barely pick up my kids. You know what I mean? That's mm. that's like because well, I have a couple of, I suppose, back issues. Like, not not in serious, but I can tend to get stiff for winter spasm quite easily. So even in the mornings, if if I'm getting up with the kids nice and early, I try and I'd ask my wife nicely because she pick the small one up and, and bring her downstairs before. I feed her and, and my wife maybe go back to bed and um, no don't don't get me wrong when when I know I don't have games I'll I'll, I'll, I'll play with them and I'll mess with them on holidays and I throw them around the swimming pool and stuff like that you know it's just when you can't have a game the weekend you, you want to be feeling as good as you can and you know I suppose that's credit to 
our wives, our partners and our families as well, having to put up with us being boring old fellas for, for a couple of months of the year. How, how do you manage to cope with going off to Carton House for a couple of weeks or going to Japan for six weeks? Of course, it's, it's hugely exciting for you and it's, it's a big, big personal achievement, but you're having to you know, leave your family behind sometimes or not spend as much time with your kids. I've seen you at a monster match with your daughter after the game. How do you, how do you manage that or what does that mean to you? Yeah, I suppose the way I look at it is, you know, and I'm, I suppose in a weird way, I'm kind of going off doing it for them. You know, it's yeah. it's great. I have this opportunity to be a professional rugby player and and, and earn money while I'm doing it. And look, I get I get to give my family, I suppose, a I suppose a good life for for as long as I'm I'm going to be playing. You know, and and that's my motivation to go and I suppose prepare and. The sacrifices I make is to uh, is to give them is to to give them um, a good life and I suppose show them the values of, of kind of hard work and sacrifices as well is important. Okay, so your the injuries you've had throughout your career, Keith. Do you think it's a case now as uh, I, I, you've been playing a, a few years now that you're actually better at managing them or is it that the kind of the science behind the treatment is getting better to keep you on the pitch for longer or is it a bit of both what way what way do you see your injury history and your kind of uh, your robustness yeah. as a player at the moment yeah I think it's it's, it's, it's a bit of both you know I think there's you know I, can, I know in a couple of injuries I kind of stay away from weights as, as much as I can now I, I dabble in weights every now and then just as you said there to try and keep a bit of robustness a bit of muscle on so I don't get killed in contact and all that so hmm. but then when you look at the, the science has gone through the roof and you know the S&C S&C lads and the physios we have in one star in Ireland are, are phenomenal or at distance or measured when we're coming back into running we have to hit certain targets before we can move on and even before we get to to running and training, we have a, a movement prep. You know, we prep our body for for the day's training that's coming between working on glutes, movements, you know, on, on mobility and shoulder stability, knees, ankles, everything. You know, so that's that's done every every morning before we even get going on our day. Very good. Keith, Keith, how do you, how do you deal with um, nerves and preparation? So you have a, a big European game up against Edinburgh, or you've got an Irish Test coming up in the Aviva. How how do you cope with the pressure and the, I suppose the um, anxiety building up to it, knowing that you've had such a successful career and, and you have to perform today as well to keep your place. How do you deal with it? Yeah, I suppose I, I deal with it early on in the week. You know, I guess. I get as much detail in. I, I kind of look after myself as, as best I can. And if you've t- ticked every box that you need to do during the week, then you shouldn't be nervous because ev- everything is in the game. You know? And I think you only kind of get nervous when maybe you're having doubts about something, you know. And once I have my couple, once I have my routine, I ticked off. I can go into the game and enjoy myself, knowing this. If we lose or if uh, an absolute winner gets the better of me, I can look myself in the mirror and just say, look, she's better of me on the day. I, I don't have to possibly to be the best me. And obviously, well, in another weird way, I, I kind of look at it these days as 
you know, I think Amalupi at the end of the day, it's not, yeah, we go and we give it everything and it means a lot to people, but at the end of the day, it's not, uh, it's not a matter of life and death if you, if you win or lose, you know, and that's, so that kind of helps me in a, in a weird way and it makes me enjoy it a bit more. Yeah, just just as a follow on from that, Keith, on a question, I'm just a, per, a personal interest thing. So, is that the game? So, one of the, as David asked there about coping with pressure and coping with expectations, say before a game. Last November in the Aviva, and you're standing out there facing the All Blacks and you're facing the Hakka. What's going through your mind then? Obviously, are you like, are you taking in the moment in terms of what this is who we're playing, this is where we're at, or are you focused on the upcoming 80 minutes and your role? What kind of things go through your mind facing one of the most iconic kind of things that you can come up against? Yeah, I was very, I was look, you just enjoy the moment, and that's and that's how you deal with noise as well the night before the game or the day of the game or, or facing the hacker all you have is that moment there's no point in leaving your brain wonder where what if this happens what if that happens you know you just try and I suppose live in the moment I know it's kind of cheesy but you you try and live in what you have at that moment in time rather than because when your brain does wonder that's, that's when the damage damage gets done like you know when you go off thinking too much about a game, making mistakes or whatever, you know, that's that, that's when the damage is done. So yeah, you just enjoy them enjoy the moment and I know that week I done done everything I, I could do and the whole team done everything they could do and it was a it was a massive challenge for us and you know, thank, thankfully we we done it and it was um, it was well worth all the sacrifices we had made. I want to ask you this as a Munster rugby supporter. What what's the what what's the big reason that you've always stayed in Munster? What's what's the pull in Limerick and and Munster besides maybe your family? What is it about Munster that makes it something different and special? Um, yeah, it's just a, it's just the history of the club. You know, people people like I've been asked questions recently. Um, would I be interested in going off to any the big clubs in France or the big clubs in England or whatever? And uh, yeah, look, that, that could always be an option. Like I, I just was, I get a bit older or whatever. You know, it could be out of my hands. But as long as it's in my hands, I suppose I'm playing for one of the biggest clubs in the world, and it's my home club. So you know, I think if you ask any rugby player in the world if he if he wanted to play for Munster, I'd say he'd 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 snap your hand off. And as I get to do is, I got to go up around the corner from this. I'm, you know, as you said, there apart from family, I get to live in my hometown, playing for one of the biggest rugby clubs in the world. Perfect. So coming towards the end here now, Keith, I've just got a couple of uh, quick fire performance related questions for you that we ask everyone. Um, what would be your definition of high performance or high performance culture? What, how would you define that for somebody who is new to sport, we'll say, new to rugby? Yeah, I suppose you've got to do all, all the basics really, you know, between your habits of eating, sleeping, Oh, it's hydration um, and I suppose it's your detail going into your work as well you know as I said there it's a it's a 24 hour job um, but you have to find the balance as well and you, you have to enjoy it um, and I think once you've ticked all your boxes I think that will leave that will leave you enjoy it more and 
being not able to help people perform better as well. Perfect. And then let's say in a game scenario, Keith, where you might have knocked knocked on or committed a penalty, something kind of that's that's thrown you off um, the plan. How do you reset yourself how do, or regain your edge in the game? Do you have any kind of techniques you use? Yeah, well, I do. Well, I don't know if you're left cross on the podcast, but I just say F it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and just leave it be. There's, there's should, nothing I can do Keith. about that. No, I didn't mean to do it. Um, and I kind of just say F it and it kind of resets myself. So there's no point. That, that moment is gone. I just suppose have to go on and onto my, onto my next moment and I suppose that's yeah. a good moment perfect and then uh, finally for me Keith what would you say are the, the three big things that define you at the moment kind of whether that's as a person uh, a rugby player a father a professional a role model is there any kind of three big things that you would say yeah that's that's who Keith Earls is that's what defines me yeah I, th- I think my biggest thing is that I'm a father and a husband first and mm-hmm. then I'm a rugby fan you know that's I think that's what people can get I suppose I said some people can get annoyed with all the this that that we're not constantly around or we're constantly you know if we are, we're family time or whatever or we, are, we ask people nicely look I'm just with my family like can I any chance I can take that picture in 10 minutes or whatever you know I think it's, it's appreciating that we're we're human beings first, and and then um, and then rugby players. So yeah, that I think the thing that defines me the most is, is trying to be a good father and a good husband. And then when it comes on the field, is 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 trying, I suppose, lead by my actions in our own training and on the field, and rather than having to go around shouting fellas or trying to motivate fellas, I, I just like to. You know, lead, lead by my actions, and you know whether that that's recovery or, or doing my homework, and then just going out the field, and this was kind of showing fellas that come on, follow me, kind of attitude. Keith, before before I wrap up, I just want to ask you: Can you remember your first training session with Munster? What was I like? can, yeah, I can. It was um, it was actually the day of my nineteenth birthday. Uh, it was in the, the old tunnel park in the in, the, in out in the back pitch. Um, I think maybe a, a year previously we were out there slagging Ron Magara when he was out practicing his kicking, and <laughs> a year a year later I'm outside training with him. So that that was great, you know. I I played um I played, I played a season with Tom and out of school, and everything was going well for me. And, and his decky kidney called me into. In front of a, a, a transition with the lads, and so I couldn't believe it. I was gobsmacked, uh, surrounded by um, all these legends. Keith, thank you very much for coming on today. I, we want to just say you're somebody that defines your identity as a father, a husband, and then you said rugby player, and I really say that's a testament to you as a person and as a professional. So we'd like to acknowledge you. For all your hard work, sacrifice, your prep, your routine through the years, you know, you've been a winner from the start with St. Munchens, then you you won the Senior Cup in 2006, you went on to, like you said, Tolman, you've been a Cookies player, played for Munster, you played for Ireland, and you represented the Lions. So, from the two of us here, we just wishing you all the best, and we're looking forward to seeing you light it up in Japan. Cheers, lads. Cheers, Keith. Take care, Paul. Thanks, Keith. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye, lads. Good luck.